0: And fine $65 million for misleading its stock market customers about how the company makes its revenue from their trades. The Securities and Exchange Commission said Thursday, the SEC fines comes one day after regulators in Massachusetts filed a flashy gimmicks on its app that treats stock investing like a game. Federal officials said that between 2015 and 2018, the company only partially explained on its online FAQ page how it makes money, omitting details about its largest revenue source, which is trades. Robinhood takes a user's stock order and sells it to a larger the SEC order states. So Robinhood actually made no mention of payment for order flow rates, federal regulators said, at a time when the company was rapidly growing. While Robinhood markets its service as commission-free, the SEC claims that customers in reality received inferior trade prices that in aggregate deprived customers paying zero in commissions. Now, this is pretty surprising to actually read. Now, I had no clue about Robinhood not being upfront about how they were doing their rates. Now, I know the kind of like piece of the pie, if you will. I know that much. Now I'm surprised that Robinhood just wasn't open about it. Like if they were completely open about it as to like what their rates would have been, like would there have been like you know point 0.1% or one percent kind of thing? People would still probably use the service, but the fact that they were not open about this is uh, pretty troubling, right? I mean, this is kind of like an interesting situation because a lot of people use Robinhood, and if a lot of people are not paying attention and if a lot of people are like day trading on robinhood which by the way you should never day trade on robinhood robinhood is more for like the lazy investor to be honest it's just the best way to do it if you're like a lazy lazy investor and you just want to check on your portfolio by phone that's probably the best recommendation which by the way if you're still actually interested in robinhood you could actually get a free stock from robinhood down in the description below By just joining up and linking a bank account, and you get a free stock worth up to $500. But at the same time, I really don't like that they were not upfront about this. Practices that do not reflect Robinhood today, Chief Legal Officer Dan Gallagher said in a statement The multi million dollar fine marks the second action Robinhood has had this week with government regulatory. To the stock market, the company gaming strategies to manipulate customers to trade more in order to boost his fees. And they term it as like con- users with colorful confetti raining down their screens after executing trades, according to court documents. These and other tactics are Robin Hood's way of turning serious investing into a game, Massachusetts Secretary of the Commonwealth William Gavin said in a statement. The alleged tactic is not only unethical but also falls far short of the standards we require in Massachusetts, he said. Robinhood said it disagrees with what Massachusetts alleged and intends to fight state officials in court. Millions of people have made their first investments through Robinhood and we remain continuously focused on serving them, a Robinhood spokesperson told C.B. and then start buying and selling stocks for free. The app launched in 2013 and now has more than 13 million users. That includes nearly 500,000 users in Massachusetts, with combined assets of $1.6 billion, court documents state. Massachusetts also mentioned the Payment for Order Flow system in its complaint. State regulators argue that the more trades Robinhood users execute, the more money the company receives from brokerages. State regulators allege that Robinhood's tactics resulted in hundreds of users making thousands of trades. As one example, Robinhood allowed a customer to with no investment experience to make more than 12,700 tr- trades in just over six months, the lawsuit claims. Now, that being said, I don't see necessarily an issue with a customer on their own free will making 12,700 trades. I mean, and also to think about it, if you're making 12,700 trades, you got to have a decent amount of money to be able to do that. Gavin is asking a state court to levy an undisclosed amount of dependent consultant to evaluate the app and company policies. So the Massachusetts lawsuit follows a rash of negative publicity lately for Robinhood. Last year, a glitch in the company system allowed users to borrow an unlimited amount of money for trading. And Massachusetts regulators also pointed to major outages the app experienced earlier this year, which that was a pretty huge problem. That was a huge problem for a lot of people, and I think some people still haven't even recovered their uh, money. So Robinhood's platform crashed in March, temporarily preventing users from accessing their funds, and the outage occurred on the same day the Dow Jones Industrial Average notched a one-day historic gain of roughly 1,290 points. Federal regulators are now investigating why the outage happened, Bloomberg reported. And in June, a Robinhood user from Illinois died by suicide after his account erroneously showed a negative $730,000. I remember reading the story about that in uh It's pretty hard to see. It was pretty hard to read about that because anyone who wants to like go into investing, you want them to basically better themselves. Right? Like anyone who tries to go into investing are looking to better themselves and to see someone and go ending their life because of basically a glitch right in the system is pretty sad to see right because you don't want to see anyone lose their life over investing so that was pretty hard to see in October an undisclosed number of accounts were hacked and users complained they couldn't reach Robinhood customer service to get their issues fixed and that's pretty much it for uh, this story feel free to give your thoughts now, my point of view on this is that one, Robinhood itself, as of today, is a pretty good app, right? It's a pretty good app. It's a very easy to use app. It's a very comfortable app to use to buy stocks and stuff. You can buy ETFs there, like you can buy index funds on there, which is amazing. And if it's basically, if you're just wanting to put your foot through the door of investing, it's the perfect app for it. That being said, I do not like how they hid how they actually necessarily made their money and by how much, right? Because again, I remember when I was like very low in high school, I was playing around with like Forex day trading, right? But they were open about how they made their money. They basically, you know, charged a certain amount per trade, no matter what you were doing right because they don't make any money from you having the money inside there depending on the platform they typically make only the amount of money that you end up trading just like a small percentage which is why you always try to aim for like a higher profit margin that you were originally aiming for so that you could actually you know pocket a decent sized difference to where it's actually worthwhile right because depending on how much they actually take per trade like the percentage and stuff Will really determine on your returns, but if you're like a long-term investor, it really doesn't matter too much when it comes to uh, investing with Robinhood. Like if you're just you know stockpiling your money for like index funds, Robinhood is still perfect. If you're investing for long term, is still pretty good, right? I just no matter what, don't use Robinhood to day trade stocks. Whatever you do, right? Because to day trade stocks, one you need a decent amount of money in your portfolio, but two, you really need to be studying charts and all that kind of stuff, and you it's pretty hard to do that with Robinhood. Their system is not really designed for that. Even though people end up doing that all the time, what you need to be doing is to have like a very specific program, like TD Ameritrade or ETrade or all these other like massive, massive stock companies where you could end up doing something like day trading stocks. But that's you know my point of view on it. Feel free to give your point of view on this. I stumbled upon this story, and I thought it was worthwhile to share because this is pretty crazy, right? And the fact that they got to stop the SEC to keep going after them time and time again because there's a lot of people making a lot of, oh, well, there's a lot of people making a lot of trades on Robinhood. And there's a, like, and look, we're not even talking about, like, option tradings. I think you could actually do option trading on Robinhood. So if that's the case, that could become a pretty big issue as well. So it'd be interesting. Stay tuned for more episodes. Antitrust lawsuit since October, this time by a bipartisan coalition of states. So Google now faces its third government antitrust lawsuit in less than two months, this time from a bipartisan coalition of state attorneys generals. and A group of 38 states and territories took part in the lawsuit, which claims Google illegally maintained a monopoly in general search and search advertising through anti-competitive conduct and contracts. Members of the executive committee leading the states include Arizona, Colorado, Iowa, Nebraska, New York, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Utah. It shares a Google parent company. Alphabet were down less than 1% Thursday afternoon after the announcement. Now, also like to talk about in this matter, right? If you are actually, depending on like your state, if you live in the United States, will determine basically what kind of search results you are actually getting. So, depending on where you live, if you were to type in basically... It's global warming rule, right? The results for that will actually be different based on the location that you live, which is pretty crazy. So Colorado Attorney General Phil Weiser said at a press conference Thursday, the group would file a motion to consolidate the case with the Justice Department's recent lawsuit against Google. Similar to the Justice Department's lawsuit filed with 11 Republican state AGs in October, the new complaint tackles Google's alleged monopoly in online search. But the new suit focuses on some additional mechanisms that the AGs claim Google used to illegally maintain its monopoly power. The DOJ lawsuit alleges Google used exclusionary contracts to prevent competitors from gaining access to key distribution channels and ensure its continued monopoly in online search. Weiser said at the press conference, the new suit goes beyond the DOJs. The lawsuit lays out three ways Google allegedly entrances its monopoly power. First, by engaging in artificially restrictive contracts to give it de facto exclusivity in most distribution channels for search. This is the part of the lawsuit that most clearly mirrors the DOJs. Second, by denying advertisers the ability to interpret between its own ad tools and competitors for general search ads, disadvantaging the advertisers. Third, by using discriminatory conduct on a search results page to limit the ability of vertical search providers such as Yelp and TripAdvisor to reach consumers. Weiser said the new state lawsuit looks at how Google allegedly used exclusionary contracts to tie up emerging distribution channels such as smart speakers in addition to the more long-standing ones that consumers increasingly use to access search engines In the part of the complaint that most closely follows the DOJ case, the state alleges that Google's contracts with the device makers and distributors to be the default search provider have helped solidify its monopoly. Google contracts have secured its search engine default placement on 80% of web browsers, according to the complaint, which says that it has contributed to artificial barriers preventing competitors from reaching consumers. Google has a long-standing agreement with Apple, for example, to be the default search provider on its products. Google also offers revenue share agreements with other mobile manufacturers as well as carriers such as AT&T, Verizon, and T-Mobile, the complaint says. In exchange, it alleges those partners must agree to preload Google's mobile apps and make them the default search engine on the devices. Those agreements often prevent partners from pre-installing other general search engines or browsers such as Microsoft's Bing or DuckDuckGo, according to the complaint. Like the DOJ's lawsuit against Google, the new state-led suit compares the company to Microsoft at the time of its landmark antitrust fight. As the gateway to the Internet, Google has systematically degraded the ability of other companies to access consumers. The complaint says, in doing so, just as Microsoft improperly maintained its monopoly through conduct directed at Netscape, Google has improperly maintained and extended its search-related monopolies through exclusionary conduct that has harmed consumers, advertisers, and the competitive process itself. The states are asking the court for a variety of remedies, including ordering Google to stop engaging in the alleged anti-competitive practices and even potentially breaking up the company. Google's Director of Economic Policy, Adam Cohen, responded to the lawsuit in a blog post Thursday, and Cohen wrote that the complaint suggests we shouldn't have worked to make search better and that we should, in fact, be less useful to you. He argues that doing so would harm the quality of your search results and it would come at the expense of businesses like retailers, restaurants, repair shops, airlines, and hotels, whose listings in Google help them get discovered and connect directly with customers. They would have a harder time reaching new customers and competing against big commerce and travel platforms and other aggregators and middlemen. Cohen added that the claims in Thursday's complaint have been closely examined and rejected by regulators in courts around the world, including the U.S. Federal Trade Commission, competition authorities in Brazil, Canada, and Taiwan, and courts in the United Kingdom and Germany who all agree that our changes are designed to improve your search results. It's also well established that the most important driver for our search results is the specific query, not your personal data. So a group of 10 Republican issues sued Google on Wednesday targeting its advertising technology business in an allegedly illegal deal with Facebook. Following Thursday's filing, Wall Street Journal-Earner News Corp., which has long criticized Google's practices, said in a statement it was stunned by the evidence alleged in the complaint. To be clear, the core charge is that publishers all over the country have been routinely ripped off, which is bad news for freedom of the press, journalism, and informed society, News Corp wrote. Luther Lowe, senior vice president of of public policy at Yelp and one of Google's most enduring critics, over its search practices called the Thursday lawsuit arguably more significant than previous lawsuits and that it strikes at the foundation of Google's dominance in search results. The new lawsuit against Google comes about a week after many of the same states sued Facebook in a coalition of 48 attorneys generals led by the New York's Letita James. The states, in a separate complaint by the Federal Trade Commission, claimed Facebook had unlawfully maintained monopoly power in personal social networking services, in part by acquiring potential competitors before they grew into larger threats. So this was a pretty interesting one because... The problem that I see with this, right, that Google is actually getting hit with this whole antitrust lawsuit, one, I doubt anything's really going to come out of this. But two, say they were broken up, right? Say Google was broken up between search, YouTube, all that kind of stuff, right? What else would replace search? Like what else would replace Google search? It is too good of a product right now that there's not really a competitor To it right yeah there's Bing but I mean Bing is basically useless Against Google and not only that It's been so ingrained in the culture Of basically everyone oh just Google it Oh you get a question just Google it Oh you got a problem just Google it oh you want to learn how To make that just Google it right So this is the problem that I see with this There's not really a tangible Competitor That is worthwhile Using Right this is the problem Like what is a good search engine that people can see themselves actually using instead of using Google, right? Yeah, Google pays a lot of money to be on these different like platforms, you know, Apple, all the AT&T, T-Mobile, all that kind of stuff, right? Pays a disgusting amount of money, right? Like billions of dollars, right? But when it comes down to it, what is the replacement, Right? what is actually going to replace Google? Like if you're watching this, right? Leave a comment as to what you think you would actually be using instead of Google. Now, of course, there are some people who end up using DuckDuckGo or Bing or any other sort of search engine. But if you want the quickest search result, you go to Google, right? If you want to translate a language, you go to Google. If you want to learn how to calculate something, you go to Google, right? Do you want to know how the the pounds to kilograms, right? You go to Google. Like, you use Google for pretty much almost everything. Everyone in their daily life uses Google probably at least once per day, right? Definitely once per week at minimum, right? So it's just... I just see it's going to be a very hard road for them to actually get anything to come out of this because there's just, no one's going to want to use anything else. Like the majority of the population is not going to want to do or use anything else. I mean, I might be wrong, but I just don't see anyone actually wanting to use some sort of search engine other than Google. Maybe if Apple were to create some sort of search engine for their phones, but at the same time, because of their whole privacy thing, which, you know, cool thing that they want to protect people's privacy, the results that you get aren't the greatest. They're not really perfectly tailored to what you want, right? So that's the thing, that's the trade-off that you got to deal with, right? So, I mean, I don't know what's going to be the right answer or the right outcome for this. I just know that there's most likely nothing going to happen out of this. And even if it were to happen, people are still going to be ending up using Google. California EDD worker faked being Diane Feinstein and scamming jobless benefits, sources say. California's pandemic unemployment benefit system, including one by a former Employment Development Department employee, who was able to scam more than $200,000, including one claim that used the name of U.S. Senator Diane Feinstein. Authorities... Thursday said that former EDD employee Andrea M. Gervais allegedly participated in a mail fraud conspiracy in which she filed more than 100 false pandemic unemployment assistance claims using stolen personal information, including a successful effort paid in the name of Feinstein for $21,000. Others to file fraudulent unemployment claims, said Tom Mencer, a spokesman for the senator the matter will be handled by law enforcement and the courts. Court filings say that Gervais formerly worked for EDD from 2010 to 2018 as an office assistant under the name Andrea Dangerfield. Gervais was fired by the agency in October 2018 after an internal investigation implicated her in the theft of a money order according to a request for a search warrant for her house in car presented to a federal judge on December eleventh. In that request, investigators allege that in all twelve claims totaling about two hundred and sixteen thousand dollars were paid by the agency, with proceeds sent to Gervais' home in Roseville, a suburb of Sacramento. The benefits were from pandemic unemployment assistance, a federally funded program authorized by the CARES Act to help gig workers, independent contractors, and others. Unfortunately, these unemployment insurance benefits that were intended for Californians hit hardest by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic shutdown have become the target of what may prove to be the largest fraud scheme ever perpetrated against the taxpayers in California history. A very difficult economic time simply will not be tolerated. The investigation began when fraud investigators with the Bank of America were two source familiar with the investigation." Bank investigators contacted the Inspector General of the US Department of Labor, revealing it had found seventeen California unemployment profiles and one claim from Maryland and had issued 21 prepaid benefits debit cards to those claimants, all going to the same Roseville mailing address as the claim for the sender. See to me, right, that alone is crazy. That that just like, you know, went over people's heads, went over the system's heads, like, oh, Maybe we shouldn't send 21 prepaid debit cards to a single address? Seems kind of crazy. Subsequently, the California EDD received a claim from Gervais in her own name, alleging that her hours as a of the suspect claims, investigators began watching her at the Woodside duplex where the money had been sent. Roosevelt Police had arrested Gervais in January on identity theft charges, for allegedly obtaining a credit card under false pretenses, but subsequently dropped the charges for lack of evidence, the court filing said. Investigators of federal authorities said it was released on $50,000 bond Wednesday after appearing in federal court. If convicted, claims to allegedly conspire with her boyfriend, who is in prison for, offing someone, and a fraud scheme to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars in unemployment benefits. Nika Gomez, 40 of San Diego, was employed in July by an EDD contractor as a call center agent who helped individuals process their unemployment insurance. She was arrested after investigators alleged she conspired with her boyfriend, a prisoner serving a term of 94 years to life at California State Prison, Sacramento, for offing someone. See, I gotta ask this, okay? Why are you still with someone who's going to be in prison for life? Like, 94 plus years? Is there really a future there? I mean, I'm just saying. Gomez allegedly obtained personal identifying information from California prisoners with help from her boyfriend as well as stolen personal information on out-of-state residents that she allegedly used to file fraudulent unemployment claims. The arrests come a week after Bank of America, which provides EDD debit cards with unemployers in California after it identified 640,000 suspicious claims. State officials estimated recently that about $400 million in fraudulent claims have been filed in the names of prison inmates. Fraud involving EDD employees has been an ongoing problem at the agency. The EDD has seen 16 fraudulent Former employees convicted of fraud over the last 10 years, said Lori Levy, a spokeswoman for the agency. Most recently, authorities announced in March that a former EDD tax compliance representative had been sentenced to six years in prison for conspiring with five other people to obtain $887,199 in California unemployment benefits based on fraudulent claims. The EDD is committed to combating the aggressive fraud attacks against the unemployment benefits system and is grateful for the collaborative efforts of federal, state, and local partners in this shared goal, said Nancy Ferris, an EDD chief there any of the bogus EDD claims, were inside jobs involving employees, said Brian Ferguson, a spokesman for the California Governor's Office for Emergency Services, which is overseeing a task force investigating prison fraud. The scope of the task force investigation work does include determining who was involved, including but not limited to, state employees, Ferguson said. "Sin, Sholanda Thomas, what a name, Sholanda, and Christina Smith, 37, for male fraud and identity theft related to filing false unemployment claims involving prisoners at the Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla. What's up with California and, like, Basically smacking around the prisoners. Like, my goodness. Authorities allege that after Smith was paroled recently, she worked with Thomas, who is still incarcerated. So basically, it's prisoners hurting other prisoners. That's like, so stupid. To fight illegal claims on behalf of other women at the prison, the false claims netted more than $200,000, according to a source familiar with the investigation. The scheme came to light through a review of recorded phone calls between the women. Oh yeah, this is another thing, right? In every prison, jail sale, whatever, right? Every phone call, every message written or again by phone, video, all that kind of stuff is recorded. So the fact that they believe that they could get away with this is beyond stupid. So prosecutors alleged Smith used part of her proceeds to pay for plastic surgery and kept Thomas' share in a shoebox pending her release. In many of the applications, the claimants said they were hair slides of barbers who were unable to find work. Those familiar with the fraudulent claims coming out of California prison said those two jobs have been prevalent in application because they can be difficult for the state agency to verify. Scott, the U.S. attorney, said that other cases are being investigated and that federal, state, and local agencies are working together on a single task force to streamline. Streamlining is having a massive issue with fraud, Right. California is already dealing with horrible policies which are truly hurting the businesses in that state, right? Because, for example, if you kept everything open but obviously was responsible, right, where every business owner was responsible, every person going in there was responsible, but you kept everything open, you wouldn't have to deal with all these fraud claims because, guess what, people would still actually have jobs, right? California apparently has always had issues when it came to unemployment benefits, right? Like it's something that they've had issues with for decades, apparently. Like this is like a real issue where pretty much like more than half the time, people are not even able to get their payments from California when they are actually filing for unemployment. And typically, it doesn't even last that long, which can also basically prove the whole like homeless issue that they also have as well. Because this is the thing, right? California had, I should say, because there's so many people leaving that state, California had the most amount of money, basically, I think, in any of the states, right? Where it was just like, The most amount of money inside that state that was also getting taxed, right? And the amount of revenue that that state was generating from taxing all these people, especially the super rich and all that kind of stuff, right? What did they actually do with that money, right? Because the amount that they taxed, I think think they actually have the highest tax rate or the second highest tax rate, state tax rate. What did they do with those taxes that they took from all the people that were working? Did they help anyone? Did they improve anything? Like, this is the problem with having a high state tax. Just because you are able to generate a lot of money from all these taxes doesn't mean that if you manage it wrong, you're going to be okay, right? Like, you got to manage it like a business, and California is probably the suckiest business that's ever existed. Feel free to give your thoughts as. To this whole situation I think it's crazy I think it's funny That someone actually stuck Fraud money in a shoebox Out of all things But This is just sad I mean people Need unemployment Because they're completely Getting screwed from Their state And it's like They have no options And for people to actually do this To like screw people over It's a horrible thing to see And I hope people get a Get into better situations